great to be reminded of a life of a woman who lived so much for her children. I have learned about Ruth this week as I have been trying to hear stories and different perspectives. And today is a day when the Sovereign Lord has decided to honor Ruth and for us to honor her. We live in a society that seeks to hide death. We think that if we don't mention it, it will go away. In the words of Woody Allen, it's not that I'm afraid to die. It's just that I don't want to be there when it happens. Death is un-American, somebody said. Death put, puts an end to our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And when death comes into our home, when it comes to the life of a dear family member, into the life of a dear friend, we experience of emotion of an explosion of mixed emotions. What do we feel when death takes away a precious life? What do you feel when death takes away the life of a precious person? Do we feel sorry? Do we feel sorry for Ju Ruth? Do we feel sorry for ourselves? Do we feel sorry for the family members that are left behind? Or do we feel hopeless and desperate, thinking, what will I do without this person in my life? Or will we feel hate? Perhaps start hating our own lives? Or perhaps start hating God for allowing this tragedy to happen to Ruth? We might, accuse, we might even accuse God. If He's truly God, why did He allow this to happen? Why her? Why now? Why so sudden? Why didn't God prevent this from happening? Dear Mason and Christina, I don't know if these questions are in your minds. I don't know if you're asking these why questions or if questions. But allow me to lead us into a story of Scripture where people were asking the why questions and the if questions. And the story is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 11. It's a longer story, and I, I encourage you and I ask for your patience as we read through it. But it's a story of Jesus when he was at a funeral service, and people were asking the why questions and the if questions. Here's the story. Here's the word of God. Luke chapter 11. We'll be reading from verse 1 all the way to verse 45. So it's a, it's a long story, but it's a great story. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, 
the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son might be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you are going back there? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? A man who walks by the day will not stumble, but he sees by his world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them, in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who was to come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is there, is here, she said, and he is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at a place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit. And troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see. 
they replied. And Jesus wept. And the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he had been there four days. And Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did put their faith in him. Amen. This was the word of the Lord. And I invite you to bow our heads in prayer for this word and for our hearts. Lord, we praise you because you are the author of life. And we praise you because you send your Son to experience death for our sake. We pray that as we walk today through the valley of the shadow of death, we shall have no fear. We pray that today we may see the life you came to give us. We pray, Father, that you would reveal yourself to us as we are sitting, facing death, in the life of a precious and dear friend and family member. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. What does this story teach us about the death of our dear, precious lady, Ruth Council? First, it teaches us that death, the death of others, is a time to weep. The death of others is a time to weep. We're told in the story that when Jesus reached the tomb where, where Lazarus was laid, Jesus wept. And he was so deeply moved that people around him noticed how much Jesus loved his friend because of the tears he shed. At the death of others, the death of others is a time to weep. Tears, pain, suffering, all these are part of our experience of death. 
Notice again what, what people said of Jesus. See how much he loved him. Here's Jesus of Nazareth, the most perfect man, the world's famous miracle worker, attending the funeral of a friend and openly weeping without embarrassment, without apology. Mason and Christina, your mother was a very special woman. She was the most special person in your lives. She was the one who gave you life. She was the one who nursed you. She was the one who changed most of your diapers. She was the one who taught you your first words and most likely the first intelligible words of your mouths were mama. And we're here today because a special person in your life has been claimed by death. It is natural to cry. It is human to cry. It is even divine to cry. And scripture encourages us to cry with those who cry and to mourn with those who mourn. We should cry publicly and we should cry privately. We should cry silently and we should cry loud. But in the face of death, we ought to cry with those who cry. Yet the cry Jesus had, the tears that he had, were deeper than physical separation. Were different and deeper than simply the cry of, of losing a dear person. Why did Jesus cry? Why did he weep? After all, he was the one who said, let's wait and not go to him yet. Was this a cry of regret on why he waited? Some of you here today, dear family members or friends, might have tears of regret. Perhaps because you wish you had done something differently in your relationship to Ruth Council. And now, it might be too late. There is a place for tears of regret. There's a place for tears of loss. And we ought to have them. But why did Jesus cry? Did he regret that he did not come earlier? In verse 11 of this passage of the story, Jesus said, Our friend Lazarus had fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, and his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. So Jesus knew that Lazarus died. And Jesus knew that he was going to go there to raise him up, to wake him up. Jesus knew what he was going to do with Lazarus. So why did he cry now at the tomb? And then he says later in the story that he purposefully waited so that 
they would see who Jesus is. Why did Jesus cry? Why did Jesus weep? It was not merely tears of lust. It was not merely tears of regret. Even though scripture does not tell us what kind of tears Jesus had, I think Jesus was moved because he was facing the greatest enemy that we human beings face while here on earth. And it's the enemy of death. And even though Jesus was about to raise Lazarus, he was still weeping because Jesus faced death, which is a consequence of our rebellion against God. And that always moves God. It always moves God to tears. It always moves God to do something about it. You see, in, the, in, the, in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, we are told that sin is part of our existence. And the greatest symbol, the greatest evidence of sin in our lives, in our humanity, is the fact that we die. Whenever we experience death, whenever we see death around us, whether it is in the life of a dear person, of a dear friend, of a dear family member, death is always a symbol of our sinfulness. Romans 5.12 says the following, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in the same way, death came to all men, because of sin. And Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. My dear friend, there's one sure thing that I can guarantee you about your future. The day will come when you will experience death also. And whenever that day comes, and whenever we see that day coming in the life of, of, of precious friends of ours, the major message God gives us is that death is a remembrance, is the, the most vivid evidence that we are rebellious against God. That's why Jesus wept. Because in the face of death, in the face of, of seeing his friend Lazarus die, it was a symbol of humanity's rebellion against God himself. Dear friends, let us remember this. At the death of our dear friends, at the death of others, it is a time to weep. A time to weep for lostness, a, lo a time to weep for regret, but also a time to weep because it reminds us of our sinfulness. But there's a second point that death teaches us. The death of others is a time to believe. The death of others is a time to believe. Jesus told Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Now, this is why Jesus delayed to show up on time. So that people will hear this revelation about who Jesus is. Jews believed in the final resurrection of the dead, but they were shocked to hear that now someone stands in their midst who says, I am the resurrection and the life. 
It is not something that happens only in the future. It's something that happens in the present. And Jesus says, said this, and after he raised Lazarus from the dead, the story ends with these words. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did put their faith in him. Dear friends, the death of others is a time when we are called to believe. The death of others oftentimes does what life cannot do. Often it takes a death of a dear person for God to get our attention and to change us to become the kind of people God wants us to become. Oftentimes it's only in the moments when we see death close to us that we start asking the big questions of life. Questions like, what happens when we die? Where will we go? What will we say to God when we face His judgment seat? These are the big questions of life, but oftentimes we avoid asking them because we don't like to think about death. My dear friend, if you're here today and are not sure where you will spend eternity, if you are afraid of facing death yourself, I would like to share with you the rest of Jesus' story. He raised Lazarus from the dead to prove that he's the resurrection and the life. Yet just a few days after this experience, Jesus himself was crucified. Jesus himself paid the penalty of our own sin, of our own rebellion. And three days later, he rose again to bring us life. He took the penalty of our own sin so that he might give us his life, his resurrection, so that one day we will spend eternity with God. This Jesus is inviting us to turn to God through repentance and faith in his sacrifice for us. And when we make this decision, he comes to us to give us a new life, a life that we have right now, not just then in the future, but right now. My dear friend, let me ask you, on this day when we remember the life of Ruth Council, it is a time to weep, but it is a time to believe. And we're faced with the words of Jesus who are speaking to us also. Whoever believes in me, even though he dies, will live. Do you believe this? The death of a dear person, the death of a dear one, is a time to weep. The death of a dear one is a time to believe in Christ who is our resurrection and who is our life. A student finally made it to college. His desire was to make it to a Christian college up in the suburb of Chicago. He was accepted to Wheaton College. And one of his desires was that he would join the football team. Now He was not very, very skilled, but he really tried very hard to join the football team. And after much practice, after much trial, he finally made it. But he, because he was not that good, not as good as his other peers, other teammates, the coach always put him as a sub. He never made it to be a startup. The coach would often see this young man trying hard. He was very disciplined, but he just didn't have the skills to be good enough to be a starter. And the coach tried to help him along, and, but he just couldn't make it. 
the coach developed a, a good relationship with the student. He often saw his, the student and his father who visited him on campus. And he was, he was seeing these two men, the student and his father, walk around the campus. And the coach got to know the student quite well and his family. One day the coach receives a phone call from a family member informing the coach that the, the student's father was involved in a tragic accident and passed away instantly. And this family member asked the coach if he would be gracious enough to go and deliver the news to the student and to allow him to go home for a few days so they can mourn together as a family. So the coach went, told the student about this terrible news, allowed him to go home for a few days. And when the student came back, he asked the coach one major favor. And he said to the coach, Coach, is there any way you will let me start up on the next game? I know I'm not very good, but is it possible for you to let me start the game next time? And the coach knew he was going to take a risk because he knew the skill level of the student. But given the tragedy, he said yes. He allowed the student to start the game, and the student played as never before. He impressed all his teammates, and, and even the coach himself was utterly impressed. The game, at the end of the game, the coach said, you did this for your father, did you not? And the student replied, Sir, you see, my father had been blind all his life. And this time was the first time he saw me play. That is the hope we have when Christ becomes our resurrection. We have that hope and that assurance when Christ is our life that when death takes us home, it is just a transition to a better life. Life is not over with death. When Christ is our resurrection, when Christ is our life, when we turn to God and follow Him. And today, if you're here at this time to commemorate and celebrate and memorialize and remember the life of Ruth Council, the question I want to ask you is, have you believed in Jesus Christ who is the resurrection and the life? Have you made a commitment to follow him? Because all those who make that commitment have the assurance, have the peace, have the certainty that death is just a transition to be with the Lord. Do you believe this? Let us pray. Father, we confess before you that Jesus is indeed the resurrection and the life. We thank you that he died for our sin and for our own guilt so that he could transform our own death to be just a pathway into eternal life. Thank you that you are inviting us to turn to you. And I pray that in the midst of mourning and weeping, you fill our hearts with the peace of Christ. I pray that instead of despair, you give us hope. And if there's someone here that does not know how they will face their own death, I pray that today they will receive your life and your resurrection. And Lord, today 
we thank you for the life of Ruth Council. We thank you that we can celebrate her life. We thank you for the blessing that she has been to many of us. And we pray that even her death will continue to be a blessing to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.